Hello, welcome guys to another great episode of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club. Today we have another Stories from the Other Side. We have my bestest friend, Allie, here to talk about her own experience. And I'm here to celebrate her helping me get through a lot of my ups and downs as well. So let's get started. Welcome to the Crazy Ex-Wives Club, a podcast dedicated to helping women navigate the emotional journey that is divorce. I'm your host, Erica, and if you're trying to figure out life after the big D, welcome to the club. Whether you're contemplating divorce or dealing with the aftermath or any of the many phases in between, the club has got you covered. Each week, you'll hear stories from women who have been in your shoes. This isn't about spilling tea on divorce details. This is about giving you the tools to take control of your own healing journey. Listen in weekly for advice, tips, and tools to help you move through each stage of the process. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club. Today, I have my friend Allie here with me. Allie not only is a fellow divorcee, but she was one of the powerhouse women who helped support me in my role as I navigated divorce. It started as our, you know, mutual loves in our corporate world and expanded into a beautiful supportive friendship. In fact, it is where the idea for this podcast, this group came from. So welcome, Allie. We're excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. You forgot one of the most important things that united us, which is Virgo power. So hello to all of our Virgo nation and power listeners. Yes, that is probably, you know, every year we get together to celebrate how Virgo we are for our birthdays, how much we just love being Virgos and how perfect we are, because that is what Virgos are really good at. So tell them also that we're left-handed, we're both left-handed and we both have green eyes. So I think that combo is just... See, that combo is there too. And I I have a lot of blonde in my hair right now, but usually it's a little less. And so even though we are like opposite, like she's a real blonde, I'm a fake blonde, but brunette. And we'd be like twinsies at work and everyone's Mm -hmm. like, but you're opposite. Yeah, but we're just, we're the same. We're like the opposites, but twins and all together. So... Allie, I want to celebrate you. I don't know I how often you, <laughs> right? And that is what Allie is really good at, which is why we're going to celebrate her. One of the things that I love about you is how honestly and authentically you support and empower and cheerlead other women. I just see it in the teams you create, in the people you meet. I was so blessed to have that experience in the corporate world, in the office all the time, day in and day out to see it. And it truly is something unique and amazing and so very rare. So hats off to you for always being super supportive. In fact, Allie was the one that escorted me out of the office when I rolled in the day after learning that my marriage was over as I came in on no sleep and frazzled. And I, what did I look like? I don't know what I looked like, but. <laughs> All I saw was a very, very broken heart. I didn't see anything physically wrong. You always look beautiful. And I just knew it was, you had to take care of yourself. So it's one of those moments where sometimes when you don't recognize it, even though you feel it, you got to have somebody else give that reminder. So I think, I think that's what I saw. And I just wanted to make it better. 
<laughs> yeah. She's like, what is going on? Hold on. Okay. Nope. I'm sending you home. Nope. I will tell everyone else you are out the door. And then, you know, she always was also very well known for always having a lot of meetings. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe being a few minutes late. <laughs> She wow. was like, you're right. Always meeting to meeting to meeting, but she stood there in the mm-hmm. parking lot with me and listened and supported and was just present. I never felt rushed. I never felt unimportant. I felt so seen and it's definitely one of Allie's strengths. So my first question for you, Allie is like, how do you find that much never ending strength, right? Like, were you able to give it to yourself when you yourself got divorced? How can somebody tap into that? Gosh, that's a really good question. I think I learned how to do that at a really young age as far as seeing people for who they are and not so much what they're doing, but where is that behavior coming from? You use that term a lot, which I love. And that's because I have a sibling that's adopted and he came with a lot of complexities. And so it was constantly going back to, okay, well, that's his behavior and that's really annoying or frustrating or maddening, but we have to get to the why behind that behavior. And so a lot of times if you can see somebody for all of their experiences that have created those behaviors it becomes a lot easier to find grace for them, patience, and be able to do that for them yourself as well. And I probably do it for myself the least, but it's a work in progress. I think that's pretty safe. We probably, you know, are always hardest on ourselves. That's who gets the least amount of love and attention. But I love, and I think it's super valuable for those listening that have to still work with their Mm co-parents, their exes, being able to separate those two pieces, right? We often look at somebody in terms of what can they do for us? How are they serving us? How are they making my life easier versus who are they? Because they're their own unique individual person having their own feels and their own experiences and doing their own things. Mm -hmm. And so being able to separate like, Hey, you are who you are as a person and the behaviors that come with it can really help you almost step back from that reaction or that demanding that somebody mm-hmm. act different or be different. Totally. And I think that is that power struggle that, and I think you've talked about this on a uh, previous episode, but that our kind of ego can get into with that other person or that other co-parent or maybe a grandparent that might be doing some triangulation. If that's a world that anyone else is familiar with, it's like, just step away from it. Don't get into that power struggle and look at it for really what, what do you need and and how do you not get into a power struggle that you don't need to spend your energy on because your energy is going to be spent on other things that are way more valuable like loving on your kids you just spend 20 minutes in a power struggle with whoever it might be or could you take that 20 minutes back and, and give it to your kids if it's something that you truly can't control or are not going to change right and that's probably why a lot of us are here and listening to the podcast <laughs> We realize, oh God, it's not going to (laughs) change. It's not going to change. Someone help me. They're crazy. Uh, We're all a little crazy at times. What would you say are some of your biggest learnings that you've had as you've navigated your own divorce? What would be your advice for somebody else going through it? 
Well, you know, the grace is a big one. Grace for everybody involved because it's not just you that's going through it. There's a whole lot of other people that are involved, whether you have kids, whether you have friends, whether you have family, and trying to, again, avoid those power struggles and giving everybody a little bit more patience, a little bit more understanding, trying to see things from others' perspectives. I've had to do that, you know, way more than I ever did when I think probably when I was married to really understand why they're doing what they're doing or why they feel what they're feeling. I think also creating a space and really good boundaries is something that I've worked a ton on. I had no boundaries before and I thought I could absolutely love someone into changing and that's a recipe for disaster. So no boundaries and then thinking that you can love someone, you know, to change their ways. It's just, it's not, not healthy. So those two things, I think, on top of learning grace, have probably been my biggest learning. Did I ever tell you, did I ever send you the book? I think it's called like Women Who Love Too Much. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I will send you the book. You guys will also tag the book in the post so you can find it too. But it literally is the whole book is written about the women who do, they see like the project, right? Or they see the person, I can change them. If I just love them enough, I can mm-hmm. change them. When you fall in love for somebody for their potential versus their reality. And we think that if we just carry more of the weight and if we just yeah. take more on and if we pick up, I can just hold more of the responsibilities and the work of this marriage or this family until they get their feet underneath them and then they'll do it too. And the reality is, is that most don't. If they want you to take care of them, they're kind of going to stay in that. And that was a learning I had too. that. Like I have to start doing the work for people. Yeah. And if you don't have good boundaries on top of it, then what are you doing? You're just constantly enabling them at that point, you know, and you can excuse it. And so I think, yeah, I think that is probably a cycle that a lot of us on the other side have fallen into. And it's because you don't. We don't learn boundaries growing up. We don't learn any of that, you know, we, especially if your your parents are baby boomers. I mean, it's so traditional for the women to take on all the emotional stuff of the men, the men to be out. And that's, that's what I learned. So, Right. And the other half of that book talks about the fact that the reason we love somebody into their potential It's also because we think that if we can love them enough to fix them, that they'll never leave us. Mm -hmm. And so there's that people pleasing part, right? It's a safety Mm -hmm. measure of if they're so broken or they need so much help and I'm the one giving them the help, then now they need me instead of being independent, instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, having your own feels and your own boundaries, because that's Mm -hmm. the other piece. A big part of this, this season, right, is all about maintaining your best self. How do you get your feet underneath you after, mm-hmm. you know, the wind gets knocked out of your sails, whether you know it's coming or not coming, it still sucks when you get divorced. Yeah. It still changes everything in those boundaries of being able to know what you need to then be able to say yes or no in situations. Yep. 100%. Right. So definitely tune in to the boundaries episode. We'll go way more in depth on that, but being able to get comfortable and stand in your true power of knowing like it's okay to say no and it's okay to do it in a loving manner yeah, is acceptable. And I think that's where your piece of where you started saying that I see people for who they are, not for what they're doing for me or to me. 
means that when you have a boundary, it doesn't mean I don't love and respect you. It just means like, Hey, I can't do this right now. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Right. Yeah. And it's when you are learning boundaries at a later stage in life, it's still super uncomfortable, no matter how many times you practice, no matter how, how many times you say no, no, you know, no matter how many different ways you figure out how to phrase it, it, it is still a work in progress. So for those of you that are listening and working on it, it is, it's a muscle that needs constant like reps all the time. Constant reps. Even when you're in a loving relationship, it still needs constant reps, right? Because at the end of the day, you are the only person who looks out for you. Yes, you look out for your kids. Yes, you look out for your partners or whatnot. But like, really, you're the only one who best knows what you need in any moment and how to give it to you. And you should be the one who's empowered enough to do it. Other people help. But you got to own your own happiness, boundaries, kind of all those pieces. Do you happen to have any favorite ways to say no? That's a good one. You know, it does depend on the situation. I think a lot of times it's it's also learning to say no, but then also learning to ask for things. Like that's a whole nother thing with boundaries. So if anyone is on the other side or about to be on the other side, even though you have a a divorce decree that or a parenting agreement or anything like that, custody agreement, child support agreement that might say, here's all the things that your partner needs to do and that is agreed upon, you still have to ask. <laughs> it doesn't just appear. It doesn't just show up in your bank account like a direct deposit when you're getting paid by your employer or you know whoever is paying you for your services. So that's that's an interesting thing. Like boundaries are not just saying no, but they're also learning to ask for what you need. And I hate that part of it. So I think, you know, I think the, the saying no is almost the easier part of it, but it's the asking for when, you know, I need to be reimbursed for things or when that portion of whatever it might be is coming up, his turn for the lesson, his turn for whatever it might be. I hate having to ask for that, but it's not going to get done unless I ask for it. So I can't be mad about not having the money unless I have asked and made that request. And usually it's a non-issue. So (laughs) I don't know why it's still a thing, but I think again, being really clear on what you need, when you need it, all those things that are listed out in agreement that you hope someone just is going to do is a part of boundaries as well. Yeah. And again, you're working together. So now you got somebody who has their own wants and needs, their own desires for how things are going to go, their own emotional reactions going on behind the scene. Like how much of the stuff is really still somebody's still a little peeved or hurt or whatever else. So yeah, clear boundaries, asking for what you want. It's a hard one. You know, that's like actually a hard one for women in general. We don't like to ask. We think everybody can read our mind. We think they can just deliver what we need. Right. And it's not the reality. So working on that muscle, that skill to be like, yeah. what do I need? And how can I ask for mm-hmm. it in a way that's not demanding, but like, hey, this would be great. This yeah. is what's expected. This is what I'm waiting on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Sometimes a little screenshot and a text does too. Does it? Does the trick? Right. Sometimes. 
I mean, luckily they do it. Luckily yours is like doing it. We went through a phase, you know, and I'm sure you have too. Cause so if my divorce was final in 17, I don't know when your divorce was final. 18. Yeah. 18. And so, you know, we're like a couple years apart, but there were phases of like when it first happens And you kind of like from us, we decided we were aligned on how we were dividing and conquering great. It was done. And then in walks, you know, the new fiance and she wants to rewrite everything. And now things get real gross for a really long time. And lots of those things that were in the divorce decree just never happened. Even though the law said they had to happen, even though they were and there was nothing I could do. I could pay more money. I could hire another lawyer. I could take him back to court, even though he's the one breaking the rules, which can be hard to deal with. Yeah. I think with any of my friends that have been on, are on this side of it, that is a constant thing. It's like, do I bring him back to court for the thing? Is it going to be, how how much time is that going to take? That's always like one of those questions that's out there because you never know. How much time will it take to review a custody agreement? How much time will it take to do mediation? All of those things. And is it worth, again, all the time and the resources that it takes to do those things? Or in your case, do you, you know, try to get what you need and continue to move forward? And the stress on you, you know what I mean? Like it, it's more stressful for me to be in a fight with my ex, even if I'm battling for the things that I know are that I want, I won't say right, but that I want or that Mm -hmm. I'm entitled to, Mm -hmm. right. That being like, well, yeah, I can, I can choose the battle. I can choose to continue to fight and be flexible. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? (laughs) Say it a lot to people. Yeah. That's a huge, I think, say that again, because I think, do you want to fight or do you want to be happy? I see so many women digging their heels in just to dig the heels in because they're, you know, there's still a lot of emotions happening. It's always within that first year, year and a half of going through the divorce process and being divorced and looking back it was like, oh my God, why did that why did I do that? I don't want you to do that too. So just think about that. And I know it I know there are big emotions and there are ways to work through those, I would say way better than maybe you did way better than I probably did. And maybe you just have to work through those on your own. And that's a part of everyone's process. But I wish I would have, you know, not dug heels in on certain things that didn't need to be dug in on. Yeah. So do you want to be right? Do you want to be happy? Stop digging in. You have to be the one to evaluate that because there are some things that, yes, you need to stay strong on it, right? Especially when it comes down to like, maybe there's an agreement in how costs are split, right? Medical costs are split 50-50 or school Mm -hmm. supplies and costs are split 50-50 and that person starts not paying. Okay, well, that's like kind of a big thing that you might need to really dig into, but if, you know, they're supposed to have the kid back at six o'clock and it's always seven o'clock, is this what you want to, like, is this the hill you want to die on? Right. Or do you want to look the other way? Cause are they just doing it to irritate you? Are they just doing it to kind of stir it up? And if you just look the other way and, and focus on what is working, all of a sudden those little pieces settle down. Right. It just takes some time. Just allowing it to kind of <laughs> float yep. until it gets there. 
Hey there, podcast lovers. It's Erica. Are you a proud member of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club? Well, I have some exciting news for you. Introducing the Crazy Ex-Wives Club merchandise, now available on Etsy. You can show off your divorce pride with a fantastic range of items. We've got everything from tumblers to sweatshirts, t-shirts, mouse pads, koozies, bags, you name it, it's in there. And they all feature our iconic podcast logo and those witty, kitschy phrases you love. So whether you're saying not crazy, just divorced, or giving a warm welcome to the club, our merchandise has you covered. It's time to celebrate your newfound freedom with style. Head over to Etsy today, search for the Crazy Ex-Wives Club shop, and then grab your favorite items. Let the world know you're proud to be a member of the club. So one of the other things that I want to celebrate is that this is the woman who helped me launch the idea for this podcast. In fact, it actually started from our birthday cocktails. So we yeah. are, you know, right around. I'm more productive with cocktails, I think is the takeaway on that one. But <laughs> right? well, that's the thing you guys like, I really don't, I don't like. I don't drink when I'm by myself, but like, if we're going to celebrate something or yeah. we're going to meet up, we're going to go get some extra dirty, the dirty goose is what my child has called it. The extra dirty yeah. gray goose martini. <laughs> so we, you we, know. We, we cycled through kind of our favorites, our chocolate martini things. Mm-hmm. In the winter, chocolate it's martini chocolate martinis. Yeah. Right now I'm doing whiskey lemonades. I mean, you guys. Yeah. A little celebration. It's a little treat. In fact, yeah. I do have a little bottle. We can, we'll, we'll open one. We're not together. When we open, when we're together again, we'll have another one. Yeah, we'll do but, right. One of the big things that I also realized in my chats with Allie was the importance of the support system, which is why this idea came to fruition. In fact, when we met, we were both just kind of sharing, Hey, how's, how's dating life after, you know, getting divorced and we were moving into this phase of contemplating co-creating with another person and that person who has an extended family. And it's just hard, you guys. It's just freaking hard. Even when it goes really well, it's hard. And if it doesn't go well, in my instance, you know, there's they're still in the court system and it's been years that they continue to just the moment anything changes, it's back in the courts. And as we were chatting and kind of sharing stories and I just was like, oh my God, I need this. I need more of this, right? Because you feel so alone when you're going through it and you don't know what's normal and not normal anymore. You just know you have to get through it. And so we were, we were drinking chocolate martinis at that. That was a chocolate martini night. And I was like, oh my gosh, we need a community. We need a space to give women the voice to talk about these things. Of course, went through a few renditions and we landed here on the podcast, but that is why I brought a teeny tiny bottle of sparkling bubbly. Oh, it's so cute. I love that bottle. And I actually do like that rosé. I know, but why is Target not carrying it anymore? Oh, I don't know. I, I think I've gotten it. I don't know where I've gotten it. So this is the Yes Way Rosé, the sparkling one. Love it. We open a little ASMR. It was a little, it was tiny. It doesn't have a cork. It's a little baby bottle, you guys. Like it's, you know, not a full one. Let's see if it can give us any sound bubbles. Oh, I heard a little bug bug. We'll see. We'll see if this fancy new microphone picked up the bubbles, but Right. Allie's got her non-existent. She's got her like work water bottle. 
Cheers. Cheers to creating more sports. So do you have any tips for other ladies in building a support network? Because, you know, you and I, we get together a handful of times throughout the year and we're texting Mm -hmm. back and forth, but both very busy. You're traveling a lot. I'm half the time in another state. And finding that support system is difficult sometimes. So have you had any luck finding a different way to craft that support? Well, you know, it's interesting because I found that it was almost hard for my close friends to be more objective about the situation, Mm -hmm. right? And so it, it was interesting. I just ended up gravitating more towards people on the outside of our, my ex-husband and my friend group, which has been my friend group for pretty much my, you know, 20s all the way to now. And I didn't want to burden them with, you know, the inside stuff and, and whatnot. And so it was really important for me to find that kind of outer support ring. And some of that came from work friendships and others came from just saying yes to things like, that I normally wouldn't say yes to. And you're a great example of that too, because we're constantly, you know, trying to find ways to connect people. I love connecting people. I love connecting with people. And you can't do that unless you say yes to things. And I think it's funny when people complain about not being able to find a friend group or find somebody because I think most times, often than not, when that's happening, they're choosing not to go and say yes to things. So whether it's a work event or it's a pop-up event, one of my girlfriends is a jeweler and she'll, you know, send out invitations to her pop-up event that she's going to or supporting somebody else's, you know, launch, a book launch, for example. Just go, just go say yes, do the thing. And you never know what kind of connection and support is going to come from that. And I think that's where I've met some of my most amazing connections, again, in addition to the workplace. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I'm grateful for a job that had me travel solo, yeah. right? Because that, yeah. that was kind of like the first breakthrough of like getting used to eating dinner by myself. I'm on a yeah. work trip. You didn't have a choice, right? Um, sitting getting coffee by yourself or or just entertaining yourself for a free yeah. night. And so all of a sudden when you get divorced and now you got free time again and you have to go date yourself solo, it can be a little intimidating. Totally. But the reality is nobody's paying attention to you. <laughs> so but you still always say that no one's looking at you anyway. So no, one, no one's looking at you. I I think the hardest one for me was I took myself to the movies. That was still really hard to go solo, you know, like yeah that I really felt everybody was watching me and nobody was. Oh my God. I think I was, it was literally like, I went to see Dirty Dancing when they re-released it in the theaters. Probably not a good choice. Well, I know. Well, nobody was, it was me. It was like literally (laughs) me in the theater alone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But I was like, who's watching me? Nobody's freaking here. It's just me. But saying (laughs) yes, showing up, even right now, one of the ones that was, a little outside of my comfort zone was networking events. Cause you go to these yeah. networking events and everybody already knows each other and you're the new person. But they don't, they don't. And that's what you They're have to connected. remember. Yeah. They do not know each other. I no. mean, yeah. It, that's exactly what's right. 
say yes. Say yes to going to the art festival. Say yes to going to the pop-up. Worst case, you get there and you really don't like it and you leave. But my challenge for you is that you've got to get through like five of them until you figure out like, how do you introduce yourself? What's your icebreakers to go over and start a conversation with somebody? How are you really just out there being like, hey, I want to meet other cool people. Mm-hmm. And I need to sift and sort through the people I'm meeting to find the ones that are like-minded, the ones that I want to oh. invest my time into. And I think hanging on that piece of it too for just a minute is might be helpful for some because if you're so focused on, I just need to meet people. I just need to meet people. I just need to meet people. I need a support group. I need a support group. You give off that energy. I'm <laughs> loving a weird energy. Right? Like it's a desperate energy. But if you go to an event with that as like the subheader, you go to a networking thing and like with the mindset of, I'm going to connect, I'm going to have a conversation, I'm going to see what these people are about, and not so like tightly held on to like the end goal. I think you can relax a little bit, the anxiety wears off. You can avoid imposter syndrome. You just show up as your authentic self and someone with an authentic connection and authentic gifts to give. And that opens all kinds of doors and people gravitate towards that energy versus this like, I'm so freaking nervous to be here and I just want to meet some friends and some support people because I'm going through a hard time. You know, like I know I gave off that energy. So it's like, oh, you can just show up calm it down and give off that like warm energy versus that nervous stuff. And you guys replay that clip and apply it to when you're finally ready to date. (laughs) So it's the same thing. Like I was laughing when you started talking about, I was like, oh yeah, that was me, right? Like I got on the dating app with a purpose. I'm going to find somebody and we are going to be dating. And so every single like first date was a, are you my person? which doesn't work, you guys. So, right, think of it this way. If you're not at the dating phase yet, or if you're in the dating phase and it's not going well, then I challenge you to go back to the networking phase. So go back to the just authentically showing up, learning how to meet people, being interested to find out what makes somebody else tick and just enjoy it for Mm -hmm. that moment. And I think too, like genuinely showing up as being interested in others and what they have to say is just like a good way to like show up regardless of where you're showing up. Like be authentically interested in other people. And it's amazing like what that can give to somebody else and what you get in return just by showing up and wanting to learn more about them. (laughs) Right. And you got to learn more about them to see if they're the right fit. And not everybody's going to be the right fit. That's like, as I've done more and more networking over the last six months, each one gets a little closer to the ideal BFF, the work BFF, right? Each one gets a little more aligned. But when you're starting out, like, yeah, test and learn, right? It might not be the Mm -hmm. right fit. You're going to keep, keep moving on. But, you know, bringing it back to what you had originally said is sometimes your original friend group is not going to be the people you need in this season. Okay. So it's always a season. 
what do you need right now in this season? And you might need some new people that are a little less invested, some people that are a little less opinionated about how things should have went or who did what or, you know, and again, they're they're not doing it to be mean. It's just they're grieving too. They have things they haven't let go of. And so they're bringing their own baggage into it and they might not be who you need in that moment. Yeah. But then find your little like divorce bestie BFF who, you know, like we definitely in our conversations have shared challenges, but we don't I don't think we dwell on them. Maybe that's the word, that we're that's the word I'm like, looking for. Like we don't like continue to dig into it and rehash no. it up. And we're not complaining about it to be validated. Right. And that's a big part. If I'm telling Allie, oh my God, okay, I'm struggling with this this week. It's not because I need her to validate me, but I respect her opinions and she might have an insight or an idea that shifts me forward into the next phase of growth. That yeah. there are lots of friends. I know who I can call if I just want to bitch about my ex. I absolutely know who I can call (laughs) and I don't want to do it anymore because I was the only one that then all of a sudden started picking on everything they did wrong and always finding fault in things. And now again, do you want to be right or be happy? Who's the one that's crabby? Me, not him. He didn't even know that I'm bitching about him all day long. So finding those people who support you or, you know, there's happy to be your, be your person, happy to look at coaching right for you. There are people out there to help you. So you are not alone, but having the right people will get you through it. 100%. And if you're lucky, you have somebody like Allie in your life, but she's mine. So you guys all can't have her. (laughs) But you can all have you as your bestie. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Now I'm your bestie. I still get my, my dates, then we're good. (laughs) All right. Well, we were laughing because we were supposed to schedule time to hang out and Allie texts and she's like, I listened to the podcast all weekend. So I felt like we talked <laughs> and I just <laughs> never text you to book the date. Cause I thought we were just chatting all weekend. So yes, you guys always have me every week on a Wednesday. <laughs> also happy to help you out with private coaching, but thank you, Allie, for joining us today to share your oh. learnings. Thank you for being Bye. such a supportive cheerleader for everybody that I see on your teams and in your life. And if you've ever worked with Allie or for Allie, I know you're over there shaking your head as well, because she is just amazing to partner with. So thank you for joining us today. And for the rest of you guys, we'll tune in again next week for more support and more awareness. So you can keep moving through your healing journey. And that's it. Another great episode of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club, a podcast for women learning how to heal from their divorce. Tune in next week for more advice and tips to help you figure out life after divorce. And until then, give yourself grace, do the best you can, and know that this is all part of the process.